Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I just want to say, since this is a special episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad, where me and my guest are sharing something really personal to ourselves, we're going to remove all the ads from this show, so it's just pure content and it doesn't interrupt the story, because I think we both share and say some pretty insightful things here, so hope you enjoy Welcome all you bachelors and bachelorettes to another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. I'm Josh and joining me today is my girl Kida. Today is going to be a little different of an episode. We usually like to keep it light and fun-hearted here, but we're going to bring it down and talk about something more serious today. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you stayed to the end. A lot of good content in this episode. Um... And it's it's pretty much just a story time, you know. Me and Kita are going to be sharing some stories of our traumas and how we have grown from that and how it's helped us to become the people we are today. So if you're going through anything right now or you think you might need help, stay tuned. Joining me today is my girl Kita, Kita Key. Um, but before we get into this, I want everybody to stop, give a short little round of applause because she just got a promotion, so we're also oh, celebrating. Thank you. Uh, yeah, um, this is your first time on the show, so just tell everybody about you. What are you, what are you about? What do you do? What do I do? Well, first off, I'm pretty fucking awesome. Listen, a lot has not been told so far. So I am, I work for Ohio Health, and I am one of the administrative specialists. Um, I've been with Ohio Health for a little over five years, and I absolutely love it. Um, I feel like my purpose in life is to help others, and I feel like that organization gives that to me. Um, I'm very kind-hearted. I have a big heart, and I'm just I'm fun to be around. I'm a free spirit, and I feel like we just need more of that in this world. You know, like just just be kind to one another, just have fun, do what makes you happy. I'm just that type of person. That's so, that's so true. Uh, a lot of times we feel obligated to do things, but we shouldn't. Um, we should do the things that make us happy. Not to say that we should ignore the consequences of our actions, but live and let live. Um, just enjoy your fellow person for who they are. Exactly. And if they're trying to diminish or tar- or dim your light, right. just move. Move Don't forward. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so... Yeah, thank you, Josh, for having me on this. I appreciate it. I feel like he said trauma is the topic that we are going to be discussing today. And I feel like a lot of people can definitely relate to what we will be discussing, um, whether it's a personal trauma or whether it's a past relationship. I just feel like a lot of people can just like relate. Trauma is it's so hard to give you a definitive picture of trauma because, like I said, it takes so many different forms, Right. whether it's from a, like you said, a past relationship with somebody you were romantic with or a relationship in the sense that it came from your family. Exactly. Your friends, um, it just rears its head in so many different ways. There's so many different causes of it that you can't treat each trauma the same. And so we're not going to try to here. This isn't a competition to compare who is the most fucked up, you know, who is the most damaged. Right. Um, I know we joke a lot about millennials being like the fucked up generation, like sad as our new happy, but... 
it's because we dealt with a lot of yeah. pain in our past yeah. and we really don't know how to like navigate through that to figure out like what is wrong with us instead we start pointing fingers at other people and i feel like a lot of hurt people end up bleeding on people who haven't even cut them you know what i mean and that's just that's just the reality of it we're just we just don't know how to deal we just run away from our problems this is true i was like for such a vocal and talkative group of people we stay silent a lot we do um because we're worried about how other people will see us how affect how affect our image of people nobody wants to be the victim but we always preach that it's okay not to be okay right um so a couple years back i made the resolution to take my own advice mm -hmm. um and that's how i we got the episode last week with the friend zone how i shifted kind of started shifting my perspective mm -hmm. because I know if I were to go, some of the things that I go through, if it was one of my friends, I definitely wouldn't, I would have given them different advice and held them to a different standard. So I think it's time for us to shine that light on ourselves right. and hold ourselves to that standard. I agree. I absolutely agree. And that's the first step, honestly, is just accountability and just taking over like what you feel that you did and just be like, okay, I was wrong for doing this and just owning up to it. You, you know, a lot of us in this generation, like I said previous, we're so quick to blame other people for what we've done wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's just, to me right now, like knowing who I am, it's just unacceptable because at the end of the day, I feel like it's just going to find you somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah. So you have to deal with it. Stop running away from your problems. This is true. Um, so a little backing behind this, um, so I've like just applied to get my master's uh, for grad programs in psychology because mm -hmm. I want to go back and uh, I really love what I'm doing here. So I'm going back to school in psychology and a lot of psychology or psychologists with their patients deal with trauma. It's what we do. It's why right. you come to us. There's something in your life that you're not happy about or that is not letting you progress and you need either an ear or you need advice to move on. Right. Um, and so I've been reading this book called The Body Keeps Score, and that has really opened my eyes to the fact that when we hear trauma, we always think big T, that it has to be some major event that it altered our lives or mm -hmm. that we can't move past. But in all reality, you can have small traumas too that are more noticeable in your day-to-day -day that are more present in your day-to-day, -day, but maybe not as noticeable. Right. Um, but minor traumas are still traumas um, that we have to deal with, too, because if you let too many small things go by, mm -hmm. it could eventually lead to a culmination of a big T trauma. I agree. I feel like the small, like the small traumas that you feel like they're not going to be a big deal, they eventually add up and become something bigger than what you thought it could be, you know? So mm -hmm. it's good to notice like the little traumas at like the first stage of it and trying to deal with it then on there instead of having it built up and then you're just like bottled up and ready to just like explode. Exactly. So exactly. I'm going to ask you this question okay. um, and maybe it'll lead you into what you want to talk about today. Um, yeah. Do you believe that trauma isn't just mental, but it's physical as well? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And the reason I the reason that I brought that up is because I feel like whatever trauma we went through, yeah, it lives and I do believe it lives in our body. So for instance, 
when we're kids, sometimes we touch the stove or a curling iron or like an outlet and we get right. shocked or burned. And we realize that like, hey, this is, this hurts, this isn't okay. Right. And that's a minor trauma that like is shared amongst billions of people. Right. You know, throughout time. Yeah. Um, and it affects, it affects us in our daily lives. Like we no longer go around touching. Hot things. Yeah, <laughs> Right. I know you guys are laughing, like, oh, yeah, that's so silly. Like, no, it's stupid. No. It's not trauma. Yeah. Isn't it, though? It but was it's... an event that happened to you that shaped your life. Right. Altered how you behave. Exactly. Um, I absolutely agree with that. And so, like, I, was, I just started thinking, I was uh, having a conversation with uh, not, well, this, uh, another guest you guys know, uh, Mr. Andrew Berner, who was on episode three, Lust First Love. Um, and we were talking about how the reason we feel like so many people can't move past their big T traumas is because they never try to deal with their little T problems. And so yeah. if you don't know how to handle a little problem, a, a big event is just going to be exponentially more difficult to deal and process with. So we're about catching it early, um, being proactive about your mental health um, and your just general well-being. Right. Um, because to our knowledge, nothing's proven yet, but we only get one shot at this thing called life. So we have to try to make it the best one that we can. Yes. Um, and that doesn't include being triggered by our past 24 seven. Right. Um, you know, um, so for me, um, one, like I am okay sharing this one source of trauma that I've had, um, is when I was younger, um, I, I, like, I do have siblings, and we all know this, but I was also an only child. I was my mom's only, so it was just mm -hmm. me and her in the house. Um, and one time, like, I, I, I hadn't learned better yet. Um, my mom was sleeping, and so she wasn't watching me because she was sleeping. Uh, she thought I was fine. I wanted to cook. I was hungry, so I wanted to cook something that had been wrapped in aluminum foil. I put it in a microwave and I was standing in front of the microwave. Like, I don't know why it was so entertaining to me, but I love watching things in the microwave. Um, and so it was like fine for like the first 10 or so seconds. But then I started seeing like streaks of electricity like hit the door. And then I just I was like, oh, that's cool. I've never seen that before. And then it kept going and it was popping and crackling and then mm -hmm. smoke. And then like a small little fire had, had happened. And I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. I was. I didn't realize the gravity of the situation. I thought it was really cool, but it's not till that smoke came and then it woke my mom up that she was like, she's like freaked out and like took it out. Um, but literally like, a, I would say that my was probably seconds away from like exploding. Oh, wow. And I was standing right in front of it. So that would have either scarred me like, or you know, worse. Um, but to this day, like, Sometimes, like when I'm like around aluminum foil or like microwaves, I get like this little twinge that's like, should I be here right now? I know it's not going to hurt me, but I don't feel safe being this close to right. you. Know, um, and everyone's like, well, that's, I mean, that's not like, you think that's not a big deal or that's not really scary or like, come on, scrub, it's a microwave. Right. But to me, it's not just a microwave, it's a situation that, almost like ended me, you know, um, yeah, I learned a lesson, like I said, touching the stove, but at the same time, <coughs> excuse me, um, but at the same time, it's, it was like terrifying to see, I guess I was more the seeing my mother's face 
and worrying about what could have happened to me put more fear into me than the actual situation. And sometimes yeah. it's seeing our loved ones, how they respond to situations that really right. leave, to leave, the, leave the mark um, in our lives. All right, so is there a specific trauma that comes to mind or a moment where you felt your trauma housed within your body, inside yourself? Yes. So I definitely can speak about that. Um, I was young when this occurred. I was 11 years old. My oldest brother was 17 at the time, and he ended up getting murdered. He was um, beaten to death with a baseball bat. And I was young. I didn't really know what was going on. All I knew is um, we picked up the phone call, and next thing you know, we're at a trauma center. And um, I, in my head, I was thinking like, oh, you know, I was excited that he got into a fight because I knew, I just knew the kind of brother that I had, and he would like, he would stick up from himself for her, his self. And like, I just feel like he won the fight if he got into it, you know, mm -hmm. but I wasn't expecting how bad it was until I seen it for myself. And like I said, I was only 11 years old. I was in this big old ICU room full of all these very sick people. I was terrified. I was, I didn't know what I was going to walk into. Mm -hmm. And then when I got the chance to see him, I didn't recognize him yeah. and it continued to play in my head over and over and over. And it's like, you know, when you're young and you watch scary movies, it's a lot different when you experience it, when you see it in real life, yeah. you know? So I felt like I was just closed off and scared. I didn't like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be around anybody because I was just afraid that they were going to look like him. And, um, I don't know. I feel like that lives within me. And I mean, till this day, I'm 31 years old and I still kind of have a little trauma from that still. I know I've grown and healed from it, but at the same time, it's like, how can you get rid of something out of your mind when it happened to someone so close to you? You know what I mean? And, um, I don't know for so long, I, I didn't, step foot in a hospital yeah which is crazy because i work i work yeah i work there now but see the thing is god works in mysterious ways right so my biggest fear was just being by doctors going into a hospital i couldn't fandom the smell of it i couldn't fandom like seeing patients or doctors like i was terrified like i sometimes i would get so sick like i was just like oh my god i'm just gonna die here <laughs> I, I don't want nobody to touch me but the thing is, like I said, God works in mysterious, like mysterious ways. And I feel like I had to face my fear. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I'm not going to say I felt better about it, but I definitely got stronger yeah. and I was able to move forward with it instead of like being scared of the unknown and what, what I think is going to happen. I just, I had to face it. And a lot of times, um, progress looks different to everybody on the outside. Um, but it's about you, yeah. not others on, internally. And um, like you said, you felt stronger. So yeah. even though you may not have felt better, I was like, you, you realized that you had grew from this and that not that you could take more on, but 
you're, you're ready to move on. You know? Right. Um, and, it's, it's, and that's not to say that you're going to forget what happened because you'll never forget. You'll never it. forget. It'll, It'll always be in the back of your head. 100%. Yes. Um, and it still might drive you, but I'm not going to say it's the driving force yeah. for your life. I agree. It's, uh, a lot of times people believe that they're defined by the trauma. So I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Um, I was like, you definitely are more than the sum of your parts. Right. Um, but each part is important and necessary to have to give you who you are today. Right. Um, good or bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Absolutely agree. Uh, when I was reading something and it ties into it, um, maybe why you couldn't have gone into the hospital. So you said it was your this image was playing over and over in your head. Yes, it was. Um, and there have been studies like over like the past like like the mid nineties, mm -hmm. early two thousands, where because PTSD actually isn't all that old right. um, you know, of a disease. It's I'm not going to say it, scientifically speaking. I'd say it's like relatively new because there even though there are countless discoveries, mm -hmm. um, time moves differently there. Like thirty years may seem like a long time, but really in medicine, it's it's not that long of a time. You know, um, there are diseases that are like hundreds of years old. Like the flu has been around literally forever. You right, know? but. You know, so 30 years in comparison to that is forever. But they've learned that, like, when people have with PTSD, have flashbacks, um, it's the same part of the brain that, like, you like uses vision and processes is active. So it's not tr like triggered like a memory. Mm -hmm. It's triggered like an event that's happening right now. So your body goes through all those sensations. Right. So I was like. It's, it's not like you have one trauma. It's like you have several traumas that mm -hmm. are constantly occurring because you do physically go back to that moment, like everything around you, even though you know you're in a safe zone or you know that this isn't happening, it is happening, mm -hmm. um, just in a different space, a space that's supposed to be safe for us, um, our head, you know, right. you know your, your mind palace where you keep your happy thoughts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it turns on you, or it feels like it's it feels like it's turning on you, and it forces you to relive things that you don't want to, right. or remember things that you thought you had forgotten. We 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 talked about how we both believe that your trauma doesn't define who you are, but let's talk about how our trauma changes us because it does change us. It does. Um, you you definitely aren't the same. Yeah, besides time, you're not the same person you were when you were 11, but right. um, you're not the same person you were before your brother. Right. Or after, you know, or after. Um, I don't know how much time you spent, like, really reflecting or thinking about this uh, type of thing, but can you think of any, like, positives that came from, I mean, not... Just, Honestly, yeah. I understand. Yeah. No, no. The thing is, it's crazy that you asked that because even though I went through a very traumatic situation at a young age, um, you know, getting older and learning myself as I go, I could have been angry. I could have wild out. I could have did all these things that would have harmed me just because I, that's just how I deal with things. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what like, that's, that's normal, but I choose to use what I've gone through with my brother and how hurt he was, I put so much love out there because I don't want to see anybody ever in that situation. 
So that's why we're here. I'm always, I'm always positive. I'm always smiling. I'm always helping the next person. I'm always, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a kind person. I'm a kind human being because of it. And it's just, it mind boggles me that there's really hateful people out there, you know, that use whatever it is that's going on in their mind to hurt other people. But at the end of the day, I feel like if you can be a positive change through a bad time, just being a positive force in someone's life, you just really never know what that next person is going through and you can be the change within them, you know? And I feel like so many, like you said before, there's just so many people out here that are silent, that are dealing with their own demons, that are going through hardship. We don't know what anybody that's walking past us on a day-to-day basis is going through. And so just being kind to one another, honestly, you can literally save that person from harming themselves. And I feel like I just, I want to be, I want to be that example and set the example to how you treat human beings around here, because we just need more love out in the world. And just this traumatic experience that I've dealt with, instead of using it to harm myself and hurt other people, I choose to make it a positive outcome. Obviously, we're glad to hear that. Um, A, that you are dealing with it um, and it's not dealing with you. B, that you were able to make something of it. Um, Because not not, not everybody does. Not everybody gets the opportunity or has the strength to turn such an event um, into a positive. Sometimes it's enough for them just to like make it through a day and to keep themselves above above water. Right. in our, my current role, your previous role, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like we get people at their worst inside of the yeah. We both worked in inside the ER. We get people at their worst when they're dealing with something themselves or their families. Right. Um, and they're worried about, will this person survive? What are next steps like? Um, and they're just in the, the thick of it, the beginning of, of their trauma. Right. Um, before they really even process what it means for their, for their future. Exactly. And it's crazy because, like, even dealing with what I dealt with, like, the older that I am now, like, I used a lot of a lot of what I dealt with personally in my day-to-day basis, like, as far as work goes. Because, like you said, we work in the ER, Level 1 Trauma Center, right? We get a lot of people coming in and out of there, and families are, like, very scared. But I, I dealt with that because I've been there. So to have that understanding, knowing what they, they're they going through at that exact moment, and obviously you can't comfort people like that, right? Mm-hmm. So you just got to be there. You got to be present. You got to be their shoulder to lean on when they want to cry. You got to give them a tissue when they're like bawling their eyes out. You just, yeah, COVID's going on, but shit, I'm hugging you. <laughs> so that they need to feel some type of connection yeah to know that hey i'm not alone in this like we're here for you that's what we're here for so that's just i don't know i feel like that's a blessing that i'm able to use my past traumas to help other people now now would you say that trauma is finite in the sense that kind of once you start to process it it's it's done um or do you think, like I said, it's something we'll never forget, but do you, uh, 
think that it actively sticks with us for the rest of our life. I believe so. I feel like when you deal with like a traumatic event, whether it's a relationship or personal trauma, I feel like it's always in the back of your head. It's just not your focus, mm -hmm. but you always think about it and it triggers certain things. I feel like, I feel like that's definitely a thing. So being homesick, sometimes you get trauma sick. Right. Um, when you hear certain sounds, smell certain smells, mm -hmm. you know, like being back home. Right. Different people possibly. Um, the same can be said for whatever your event was, whether mm -hmm. it was uh, an insult on yourself, it was the loss of a loved one, whether it was just a mistake you made that um, you felt like you couldn't take back. Um, there will always be something that triggers you coming back to it. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you feel it, even if it's been years and you haven't really thought about it, right? there's no telling when that one thing will come along exactly. and pull you back. Um, and so, like, when that happens for me, because um, there's not just one trauma like that we go through. So we get, um, right, we do. When I go through, when I come back home from more severe ones, mm -hmm. Sometimes I like just lock myself up for a couple of days and just take time to check in on myself. Yeah. Remind myself that we're not there anymore. We're not that person. Or if that's not enough, sometimes it's like, hey, let's let's go to for a therapy session. Let's, right. let's talk about it. Um, because sometimes you need more than just yourself. Um, sure, you're the key to your own progress um, and success, but sometimes somebody else is the guide to the destination yeah is the way i like to think about it is because I don't, I don't i don't think i've ever gone to therapy because i didn't know an answer and i needed an answer mm -hmm. i went because i needed a year i went because i wasn't sure what to do next so sometimes just having somebody there to walk beside you can lead you to, to a lot of self-discovery about yourself yes and, um, to get through that next door um to push that Travel further and further to the back of your mind yeah. um, and just make it through the day. Right. Like, like I said, honestly, that's like the biggest victory some days is just making it. Yes, I agree. Um, Absolutely agree. And I definitely encourage people to speak to someone for sure. Like, I feel like having everything bottled in is not good. Like, at least you're, what helped with me is writing things down. And if it's still in my head, I would just encourage people to like reach out and speak to someone right. because you just can't keep all those thoughts bottled in. It becomes, it beca like I said, it's like the small thoughts will end up being bigger thoughts and they can harm you. And that's not what we want. You know, we're better than that. We've kind of been talking about like big T's and little T's. Yeah. Um, but these are just a couple of other scenarios that, um, our mixture of both that um, kind of like a lot of people are com well, more common um, that I feel like a lot of people could relate to. Sometimes I even like debate if I if I even call this trauma, but it's just I don't know what else to call it. Like I don't think it may be a trauma, but it's it's something that like uh, lives within. Um, so the first time that 
you well, we all have that awkward stage like people like puberty no teen escapes it like, right <laughs> fucking sucks for it really does if you say you won a puberty look me in my eye and tell me that i'll punch you next 100 like, yeah seriously um, like yeah sure you might not have like killer acne or braces or like some metal gear right but it could have been like like weight is a huge thing for teens. Oh, like, absolutely. Like sudden weight gain or change. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really teaches you to cope with that. Nobody um, does. Because for me, um, I was a I was a relatively thin and athletic kid. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I got really sick and I had to be on a lot of antibiotics and steroids that physically shifted who I was. Like I grew hair in places that I didn't even know I could grow hair. I gained so much weight. Um, my growth kind of like stopped for a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, it was just, I like didn't know how to handle going from being popular, lovable, and good looking, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to like, like it was also around the time like that where I started wearing glasses too. So I became like, it seemed like overnight, became chubby, I started wearing glasses, I got braces because I wanted to have good teeth in the future. Yeah. And I was smart. So I was like, I went from that to the, the textbook definition of like nerd, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so dealing with that, like losing friends, starting to like be called names, which is something I wasn't accustomed to, um, that was all completely new for me and nobody taught me how to to deal with that or like that nobody told me that this was coming you know um they're just like oh they just talked about how this will better my life not how it'll potentially make it worse right. or make it harder and it didn't stop from like the time like i have now probably worn glasses for almost 20 years um i've had to deal with this weight from my childhood for 20 years as well um october of 2000 um, I was diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis, liver failure, bone marrow failure, and a couple other things. Um, they were like, hey, we'll give you six months. Um, I'm thankful to see another 20 years. Um, and I think that, that changed me too, in a way. Um, that's part of my trauma is trying to teach a kid about mortality is something that no parent or anybody thinks that they are going to have to do. But it was something, it was a conversation I had to have several times with myself, with my family, with my doctors, because like I said, I wasn't supposed to see six. Mm-hmm. I just celebrated 26. Um, so to this day, it's still, I'm still processing the mm-hmm. trauma that I didn't even know occurred to me because as a kid, I didn't quite understand it. Right. And it's not until I get older that I realize the effects of everything that was done to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I have to live with that today. Um, it was something that I couldn't control, um, but I decided to fight it and seek help about it. And I endured it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with the clean bill of health, I can still say that even though I'm healthy, like I, I could love to shed some of the weight that came with the meds that I'm on or yeah. was on, you know, that stuck with me just as long. Um, I'd love to not have to go in 
and do all the checkups and other junk that comes with having most of your organs or immune system fail, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so when I became like a teenager, maybe, uh, I want to say I was like maybe 14, 15, um, they had come to me and said, you're still doing okay, you're pretty healthy. So much so that pretty much they, I was asked to be a guinea pig. They're like, not, not too many people have survived what you survived. We want to use you to help heal other people. And I was like, who wouldn't want to jump at the chance to heal someone, you know, right. to help find a next big cure for something. Um, but you really don't, and my, but my mom was skeptical, but I didn't understand why she was skeptical mm -hmm. um, until I had to like live with the consequences of me saying yes to something. Yes. Um, and so like a couple times a year, I have to go in for like a half day or a full day of just like grueling tests, blood draws, um, you know, like um, medicate, like the, the medications. Um, and I was worried about, I was like, I've already had one big expansion. Like I got like, I, I huge. I was like, can I like physically like handle like, getting even bigger or, or would I like lose weight and like not as good weight? Like what I like, you know, I was like, cause like now I'm at the page, like 13, 14, 15, you're like, you're really been self-conscious about your body. And I'm like, crap, I'm fucking dealing with acne now. And I was like, I like, have a little bit of muscle, but I was like, once I go here and like these meds, I might not be able to exercise. I might mm -hmm. not be able to move, you know, they can affect my mood. I was like, I was like, I don't know how much more I can like stack on this before I like, don't even recognize myself anymore mm -hmm. um, because I do remember times when I was younger, even though I was so optimistic because I didn't know what was going on. I was a shell of myself. I was empty um, because being cooped up in a room, not being able to go outside, not being able to see your friends, your family, being hooked up to 10 different machines. Like it doesn't like, you don't feel like a person anymore. You just feel like an object. Like you are literally like an experiment, you know, to see what will work. You know, um, cause it's not, I don't doubt that my doctors have my best intention at heart mm -hmm. that they wanted to save me. But also I was like, this probably helped some of their careers Right. being, just being honest, you know, even though it was hurting and affecting you at the time, yeah. you opened that door out for the people that had hope, right. you know what I mean? So I feel like what you endured and like went through challenged you to be the person that you are today and knowing what limits you can take. And I'm so fucking proud of you. Yeah. Like, thank you. Like, like I, I say this all the time. Like, I worked in childcare. I realized how amazing kids are. Kids are probably like the most resilient people. Oh yeah. In the world, like, so much happens to kids mm -hmm. that I don't think we give enough credit for, or we try to diminish. But despite that, they still thrive. Right. In just about every situation you put them in. And I mean, like you might have heard this before. I mean, like working in a hospital, like we say this all the time, like the younger you are, the faster you heal. Mm -hmm. That's not just physical. It's like the opposite of trauma. It's not just physical. It's mental as well. Right. Um, when you're younger, sometimes you're and not understanding your brain in itself protects you from remembering certain things um, or it changes the memory to keep you safe because it knows that this is something that could shape us. Um, so like I said, shout out to kids because, um, they're tough cookies. They um, are very tough You were still a kid when this happened to your brother. Um, yeah. I was super young when this happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it affected us. Like I said, like we keep going back to and reiterating, it didn't change who we are. I mean, right. it doesn't, it didn't define who we are. Yeah. Sure, it changed us, um, for the better. 
and we're and now we're making something of that uh, exactly of that pain of that burden that we had to live through which is amazing which is phenomenal um and we wish that everybody could also reach this point too yes we just want to remind people i'm sorry um that hey like seek help when you need like it's okay to ask for help it's okay to like talk to your friends uh, or if you don't feel like talking to your friends like there's we live in such a day and age now where there's some there's always somebody willing to listen Mm -hmm. like twitter i'm not gonna lie (laughs) twitter in high school was my therapist it was free i could say whatever i wanted to think and then just give it out to the world i had Mm -hmm. seven million people listening yeah um or not listening either or glossing over it but it helped me um was there anything that kind of helped you deal with like any helmets you had to help deal with even not just that trauma but like later on if anything else is happening was there anything that helps you kind of deal with your your demons so to speak um i had a lot of conversations by myself like i would honestly go to parks and just talk to myself and um i write i journal a lot um i realize writing down my thoughts and then going back to reread it and knowing that my mindset is just different from what i wrote that then mm-hmm. it just it makes me a proud person because it's like i overcame something yeah. you know what i mean because at that time i needed someone to vent to i needed someone to talk to and i felt so alone yeah. and i was just like okay i need i need to get my thoughts out let me go ahead and write yeah. and when i do that it just it releases something out of you and it's like okay i got that out let's close this book let's move on to the next chapter and then when you go back to look at the things that you write, you're just like, wow, like I was really fucked up. <laughs> and it's like, it's okay to know that, you know, but that's what's helped me is just writing things down and going to parks and just like walking and talking to myself. Someone's listening, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the things. Um, I, I'm a very, as personal as I am, I don't like to put my burdens on other people. So those two ways has helped me in so many ways possible and made me feel like I didn't hurt anybody in the process. And so many times, um, something I realized growing up is we have no problem going to doctors, but for some reason, the doctor of the mind is always stigmatized so much. Like so many people frown upon like therapy or getting outside help yeah um when it comes to like emotional like mental matters and i like it, it baffles me why yeah because like if i break my arm like nobody's just like it's okay just, <laughs> just ignore it like it'll be fine no nobody does that nobody does that no you're like i don't feel myself mm-hmm. or i'm still not over this right so, like it's okay there's so it's crazy that you say that because honestly, I was one of those people that was so against therapy mm-hmm. because my sister and my father, they all seeked help after this traumatic experience. I think me and my mom were like the only one that didn't. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to tell a stranger all my problems. Like, why would they want to hear what I'm going through? They don't know me. Yeah. They, they're going to judge me. You know, I'm, I'm all these like negative thoughts in my head into speaking to like a complete stranger. I was so against that because I'm just like, what if this human being just like hates my, like hates me and doesn't even know me. (laughs) So I, I tried therapy for the first time. Honestly, I hated it. I wanted to 
punch her in the face. She literally sat there and started jotting down notes, didn't say much to me, let me vent. And I felt like even though I vented, you would think that I would felt like feel better about myself, right? right. No, it was complete opposite. Like I vented and I wanted to fight her. Like I wanted her to catch these hands because she was not talking to me. Yeah, she was talking to me, but it wasn't like the response that I wanted. You know, I'm just like, dude, I just let my life out on you. And you can sit there and tell me these exercises to do. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Like I was so against it. I tried it. I hated it. Not going to lie. I hated it. But, you know, kind of just felt alone at times. And I don't know what it was, but something inside of me and like i said my sister she seeks therapy to see her growth was a beautiful thing and i was like thinking to myself if she can grow from talking to someone to help her become a better person i want to try it again so it took about what three years before i decided to seek another therapist and um it was recent. I believe it was last year. My, my dad passed away last year unexpectedly, and I was losing my mind. I had so many thoughts in my head, and I was not in the right mindset, but I felt like I was being fake in the process because here I am, like, being happy and smiling and helping people, but inside I felt like I was so broken. I had nobody to talk to. I, I felt so alone. I lost, like, the rock that was there for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just, and just, I don't know, so something inside of me told me to give it another shot. And to be honest with you, I'm glad I did. Because when you deal with things, especially losing a parent, you have to let somebody know what you're going through on the inside. Because yeah. I felt like I was to the point where I wanted to like harm myself. And that's just not me. You know, I was like, no, I can't do this. Like, I can't. Like, my mind is so mentally, like, my mind is just so mentally fucked up right now. Like, I just, I need to speak to somebody. So when I went ahead and got a therapist and let everything out, I felt so much better because it was just a burden on me, you know? And I didn't want to put that on everybody else around me. So I definitely encourage it. Um, and that's something that I could, I totally understand. Um, when I when I go back to talking, and this is like I've had conversations with a couple of my siblings and the other people, but I was like, there are times when you just feel like you're a shell of yourself, mm-hmm. and you don't know, or you don't recognize yourself. And right. when that happens, you're like, well, what do I like? You don't know what to do, and so our instant response is to be destructive right and we're never cautious when we're on certain things mm-hmm. um we just commit to these large like swings in behavior or um thought mm-hmm. um you know we always like or we turn on ourselves like we blame ourselves for the situation at hand right um which does nothing positive nothing positive at all um but that's like the flaw of fucked up things we are you know um we're imperfect but we're also perfect at the same time um, our brain does so much, but it can only protect us from so much. Right. Um, the rest of it comes on us. Uh, like I said, seeking, seeking that help, um, or just taking the time to really check in with ourselves. That's why I love this new wave that's come about about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 
positivity yeah. and like health as well or just taking me to mental health days. Because sometimes it's even like, even if nothing's going on in your life, sometimes you just need to check in with yourself to ensure that nothing is coming up. Right. Um, every 3,000 miles, you get like an oil change in the car. Mm-hmm. And we need to take time, um, especially when we go through things in our lives, to take a personal oil change. Yes. Um, so that we aren't waiting until we're about to fall apart because we have all these issues going on in it. Or, We've fallen apart, and we're on the side of the highway now, mm-hmm. stranded, um, not recognizing ourselves, isolating ourselves from our entire network, and having nowhere to turn. Um, and this is like the, that's the kind of darker side of trauma. Sometimes, when you lose the light, you don't know where to turn. You may have hands reaching out, but you don't see them because the blinders are on. Um, and it just takes somebody grabbing you, or you grabbing yourself. It takes you to hit rock bottom to be like, hey. I'm looking around now, blinders off, I'm looking up, I'm looking, I'm ready for the help. Right. Um, but sometimes, as hard as it is in our job, I see this and I say this, mm-hmm. and people get upset with me or don't understand it. But I was like, as much as I want to help this person, I can't. I have to let them grieve or mourn in their own way. Right. Because nothing I can say right now is going to make them feel better. Especially if I've never lived what they're going through. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing I can say to you that will make you magically feel better or understand. And that's and that's tough because a lot of us are healers and helpers. Right. And so when we feel like we can't heal or help somebody, um, we either think they're a lost cause and give up or we become frustrated with ourselves because we couldn't do the one thing that we're supposed to be good at doing. Um and it frustrates us because like, if I can't do this, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we're frustrated with ourselves, that's even less of ourselves or less that we have to offer people to help, to get them the help they originally needed. Um, which is something um, that I'm trying to deal and grow from myself. Um, it's no secret, anybody who knows me, um, or who has known me, or even some of you guys out there in the TNSB fam who listen every week, I love myself. I'm more than a little self-absorbed. It is the Josh show, and I'm glad you're here for it. (laughs) But that's not to say that I'm oblivious to the world uh, around me. I like to think of myself as a good person. I I like to offer a hand when I can. But at the same time, I don't want to enable anybody um, because I feel like sometimes... I was enabled and it didn't really help me. And so my way of helping you is the tough love in enabling you or not not giving into you, you know, your destructive tendencies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to walk away from, you know, you have to learn to walk away to so like de- death death is a crazy thing. Or just normal family trauma is a crazy thing. It is. Um I don't know the dynamics of your family, but my family, um, we used to be super close to each other. Mm-hmm. And we've all, we all ignored our little teas until a death or sickness. Um, my grandma used to be like the glue that held us together. She became mentally ill. Um, she had, she got dementia and she kind of lost, she, she became a shell of who she was too. Um, and that, that's, that's, that's tough. That's a tough thing. Um, I don't know if you've ever been around like people who have like cognitive uh, 
issues that deal with memory, mm-hmm. but to see somebody who knew you so well slowly fade away until they don't recognize you anymore. That's got to be tough. Yeah. That's awful. Because you don't you don't lose a person once, you lose them multiple times. Right. Um, my grandma didn't know who I was after I turned 12. I was just some stranger who, like, showed up at her house. She was nice as it can be to me, but mm-hmm. she, she didn't know me from Jack or Adam. Um, and so that made me feel invisible. And mm-hmm. so from that one little action that she unconsciously did, and she couldn't control the fact that she couldn't remember me, but it made me become invisible. And then I became slightly introverted. And you mm-hmm. know me, like I'm- You're very to yourself, yes. Yeah. But I was like, but I also have such a big personality. Yeah, you do. Um, and so it's a huge behavior shift. Yes. But nobody else picked up on that. Yeah. And it caused me to go into a slight depression for a while. Mm-hmm. And like nobody, like there was nobody there to turn to. Um, so that being said, I was like, you have to learn to look out for the ones who are dear to you or right. close to you, like your friends, your family, mm-hmm. because even though like you're, like somebody can be getting help, sometimes it's not the help they need. Right. Sometimes what looks like helping actually is hurting. Yeah, it's making things worse. worse yeah. yeah. Like your first go of therapy. That's yeah. not the type of help you need. <laughs> that's not what I wanted. That's, that's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not wasn't what you needed at that time. Right, right. It wasn't for me at that time. But, you know, I say you go through things multiple times and then you figure things out on your own eventually. Right. And I felt like that wasn't, like you said, it wasn't my time at that point. But when I dealt with, like, bigger experience, like, bigger experiences within trauma, Mm -hmm. I needed help. Yeah. And I I was okay to know that. Right. And. It, it takes one, I say it takes two times. Yeah. One time for it not to work and one time for it to work yeah. before you hop on, on board with something. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, like you ride a bike, you fall off instantly, you know, and you're like, mm, I don't know if I want to get back on this. It hurt me. Right. But then you're like, you're coaxed back onto mm-hmm. it and then you start to get the hang of it and you're like, you know what? It was a slow start, but I'm I'm glad right. I'm, that I did this because now I'm exactly. enriched in my life. Mm-hmm. Trauma's the same way. It's like, in the moment, you feel like shit. Right. There's no way around it. Um, and that moment could be a series of moments strung together. Um, you know, it's not just a day or a week or a month or a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a decade. Maybe you have a bad string of years or months, um, and then you don't know what to do. But it's like, once you kind of, you kind of let go and just be like, hey, I've, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't have anything else to give. I can't hold on to this anymore because it's not doing its way me down. Right. I'm drowning now. Sometimes that's when you find the light or you find the energy or you have a new thought, mm-hmm. a new perspective to go try something else that helps you helps you get through. Um, like your walks in the park. I don't yeah. know if like, I don't know if that was like the first thing you thought of. You know, maybe I said maybe you were angry for a while. Yeah. Um, I know I turned to music. I like used to like do poems and like songs like in my room. Like mm-hmm. whenever I was like super like in like super depressive state where I was like mm-hmm. so angry. I used to think I was like like this hard like gangster rapper and I'd write for like, I'd write lines. <laughs> I found them in my like safe back home. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm never gonna put my day job to that. Yeah, please don't. Huh? Wow. Okay. Oh no so confidence so in that so there, so seriously. <laughs> 
please. Yeah, stick to your daytime job. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> but but it helped me, you know. Um, it was an outlet for me to express my anger that didn't endanger me. Because mm -hmm. um, sometimes people like when like they they're upset and they don't use the word they turn to the fight. Like, right. And, and it, so I was like, that was a le that was a less destructive habit that I could have gotten into. Right. Um, traumas can also the gateways too for some people to turn mm -hmm. into drugs. Whether um, we kind of see it in the hospital sometimes when patients get hurt mm -hmm. and they prescribe things and then that leads them down the hole of addiction. Which opens up a whole new no door of things that are just are not okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's crazy. Like I said, um, traumas are like 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 your babies, or just mm -hmm. life is like your baby. Um, if you take your eyes off your life, off yourself, who knows what you'll get into? Right. Um, when you go on autopilot, because mm -hmm. you can wake up one day, or you can come back in the room, and you're just like looking in the mirror. And you're who the hell are you? Where the where the fuck am I? Right. Have you, like, I've definitely had one of those moments. Um, college was a hell of a time for me. Um, discovering alcohol. Oh. Um, I woke up like two years later and I was like, I have no idea. Like, I, there, there's so much of my memory gone because I was just drinking all the time and I just black out. Or, oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, or you just like said, like I was like, who are these people I'm hanging with? Like. <laughs> I know nothing about them besides their drink water. I was like, because that's all that's all we do. Like it became such a big part of my life. Yeah. That I like lost myself. And, and so, you thought it was normal. Yeah. And and because like you you surround like you find people like like gravitates towards like. So that's I found true. other people who felt the same way I did. Right. And so we weren't really helping each other. And like we thought we were helping each other because we were there for each other, but we turned to the bottle, which depressed us even more and mm -hmm. fed us into our cycles. Yeah. Um, so like I said, be, be careful with like being on autopilot. Like, yeah. Um, no, I agree. Seriously. Like, see, with me, it's different. I gravitate towards food. Yeah. And like, I swear to you, within a year, I gained back probably like 85 pounds. And that's, and that's so messy. That's so common. So many people... When they get sad or upset, mm -hmm. they binge eat. Yeah. Um, like, I like ice cream. Um, oh, my God. Me too. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> like, a pint of ice cream. The ice cream sounds so good right now. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> Can you name one time where it doesn't Okay, like right. Ice cream pizza. Always hand in But we see comfort in things that, like, originally meant might have been good for us you know right um, it makes us feel good at the time yeah. but then when you can like when you do it repetitively mm -hmm. you realize like no this yeah. is not it like i'm no no I'm, yeah nothing right it's just like oh my god i feel i'm just so depressed i feel like shit mm -hmm. i can't breathe all the covid symptoms yeah. <laughs> like seriously you know i was like, I was like you know everything's COVID now like, like for real i was like you go outside into like the winter cold. You have COVID now because you're short of breath. You know you're yeah. you chills. You're shivering. You know and you, you climb down some stairs or up them. Yeah, you can't breathe. Yeah. And it's just like oh my gosh. But seriously, it, it become it affects your health. Yeah. Not only your mental but your health. Yeah. And it's like you don't know at the time that it's hurting you until later on. Yeah. And you're like holy cow, how did I put on so much weight? Right. But then you look at all the shit that you ate. And you had no control. You were disciplined. You you just kept going, and it felt good. So, once I came semi out of like my like 
blackout, like early mm-hmm. college days. One thing that helped me or got me on the right track is something like my friend who also like was an alcoholic and he's like this helped him is like like no matter what you speak, a lot of people speak money. So he told me to save my receipts every time I went out and bought anything. And then at the end of the year, look at your receipts right. and see and track your life through your funds. I'll never forget this number. In 2014, I spent $2,165 on Pizza Hut that whole year. I fucking went in on Pizza Hut, and then I spent another like $700 on like cheap beer. Wow. Uh, I gained a freshman 55. I like, like, fuck, like, I never thought I'd see three hundo, and then I met pizza and beer, and I met her real quick. Oh my goodness! Um, and then I was just like, I was like, is this really where, where my money goes? Right. Like, is this <laughs> like in like, a moment, like you said, it feels good. You don't think about it. I was like, you don't. You don't. Nobody thinks they have a problem. Right. I was like, I don't have a problem. I was like, I'm just I'm social. I was like, I was like, there's always a reason. To, there's always something to celebrate. So right. Like the small victories. Um, no, that's an excuse. Don't lie to yourself. If you right. can't be honest with yourself, who can you be honest Exactly. Um, I had a problem. Um, I had a problem. And see, like seeing a physical number, like something tangible that I can hold on to yeah. of my problems, like, okay, it's it's time to take a step back. It's time yeah. to seek help. Luckily, the gym, my trainer. Yeah. Uh, he looks out. great, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Connor, you know, you got me in shape. Um, it turned me around, like, my mood changed because I wasn't eating crap. Um, mm-hmm. So when I started to feel better, I was less hard on myself. When I was less hard on myself, I actually had the the mental capacity to process what was going on with me. Once I had time to process, I could think about what the logical next step should be, you know. Right. It shouldn't be, hey, let's go through a 12-pack because we didn't do great on this test. It should be like, hey. Let's study some more, or let's ask. Let's get more involved in our mm-hmm. you know, like try to find an answer to the solution, not something to help me ignore the issue. Um, and a lot of times we deflect away from what hurts us because we're afraid of reliving all of our failures, all of our insecurities, all those things that we thought changed us to some to someone who we didn't want to be. Right. We don't have an image of ourselves. We do. We absolutely do. When that image gets shown back to us or like torn apart, mm-hmm. we don't always handle that the best. We don't. Um, so it's in those moments that like we should, we really have to try to redefine ourselves, um, not by the thing that happened, but by who we want to be, right. where we're going. Um, it should motivate you. Exactly. Yep. It should motivate you not. It should motivate you instead of deterring you. Like, yeah, it shouldn't deter you from becoming the person that you've wanted to be. I know this kind of went all over the place today, but it did. I mean, that's kind of like how life goes. It really does. You can't really follow a set path. You can't. You just wander. You can't. Yeah. There is one piece of advice that you, because you kind of mentioned this earlier, how you were diagnosed recently with PTSD. Mm-hmm. If there was one piece of advice you could give other people who are struggling to cope or who are just finding out they also have some type of uh, mood or behavior mm-hmm. disorder, what would that be? 
So my best advice I can give you guys is obviously don't let whatever you're diagnosed with define who you are as a person. Because at the end of the day, you're making your own choices, right? So my advice to you is to be more positive and try to look for things that make you happy. Like I feel like the more you're happy, the more high-spirited you are, you'll you'll find yourself and you you will realize like, okay, I'm not this person that people make me seem out to be. Mm-hmm. This is who I really am. This is what makes me happy. This is what makes me want to be the best version of myself. Yeah. You know, I feel like definitely surrounding yourself with motivational and positive people. That's definitely a start. And doing things for you that makes you feel good and confident, like working out, yeah. eating better, you know. Believe it or not, because I mentioned before, um, I gained a lot of weight because obviously, like, food was my comfort, right? Every time I go through something, I'm shoving my face with fucking tacos. But what I can honestly say is eating a lot better will definitely clear your mindset. I don't know how crazy that sounds right now, but it's helped me a lot. Like, drinking more water. Yeah. Drinking more water. God, I used to drink so much soda and juice and all that. And I was like, damn, I feel like shit. I don't feel motivated. I just, I want to lay in bed all day. But when I switched up like to drinking more water and eating like healthier foods, yeah, a cleaner diet or whatever, and being more active, I started to realize like, I like this person I'm becoming. Mm -hmm. I feel more confident. And, you know, it it starts from there. It really starts from your mindset. Like, like, yeah. And from the time I've known you, I was like, I was like, I've, I've, a, I've seen your physical change. I was like, you have slimmed down and toned up a lot. Thank you. Um, she also looks amazing. Thank you. Um, but no, like, you were always positive, but now it's a brighter, more vibrant you that, mm-hmm. that I see even like in our conversations. I like to say that life's one big chemical reaction. Like, everything you do feeds into like the next thing. So like, once you started eating better and drinking more water mm-hmm. and like, taking care of yourself, you felt like you felt better when yeah. you felt better, like you had more energy to spend or you had more time to like think of a, have a positive outlook, right. which has done nothing but help you thrive. Yes. I mean, I could say it's like the first step to like your promotion right there. Thank you. you know? Thank right. you. So, you know, drink more water, y'all. <laughs> drink more get, water. <laughs> that, that paycheck might get a little bigger. Okay? <laughs> um, He's not telling a lie at all. <laughs> Just saying. No, but guys, thanks for tuning in today. Um, but you thought I forgot. No, we did not forget. We already know what time it is. It is question of the daytime. Key to key, we got five questions for you. Okay. Alrighty. These questions are about your love life, relationships. Um, we can talk a lot about that, you know, today. So I have to get it in at the end. All right. All right. Question one. What is your biggest turn on? My biggest turn on? Yeah. My biggest turn on consistency. Oh damn, that is a love language that like I can get wholeheartedly yeah. behind. Like, don't be about it. Show me it several times. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest turn off? Oh my god, my biggest turn off is not matching your actions with your words. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's my true. biggest turn off. I mean, don't I, tell me you're gonna do something and you don't show up. That goes to your consistency. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It goes hand in hand. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Question three. If there's one piece of advice you could give younger you about sex or relationships, what would it be? 
patience. Take your time. Don't rush into things. Love yourself and figure out who you are. Because obviously you can't love the next person if you don't love yourself. And I wish I would have known that in my younger years. Because now that I'm 31 and I'm learning to know more about myself, I'm learning to love myself, I'm starting to see certain things gravitate towards me. And I didn't before. I was attracting all the wrong things. What's one thing that you think you could work on as a partner whenever you're in like a relationship or situation? Like what's one thing that you think you can be better at? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you hit me with the four easy ones. The last one's kind of like, uh, now I have to sit here and think. We might be staring at each other until 10 o'clock. Well, I mean, you do have a nice face. So <laughs> What is the one thing I can work on? Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to say I'm perfect or anything, but I have worked on myself a lot. Um I mean that's you know what? Fair enough. Like when you take the time and to do the work on yourself. Yes. It's like you really don't find any I mean, yes, I have flaws, yeah. but I don't feel like there's really much that I need to work on because I've learned from my past mistakes. True. So like example one, consistency, right? Yeah. That's just, that is a turn on and turn off for me. Yeah. And that's something that I did. Yeah. You know, I was, I was never consistent. I was shut out. I would just not show up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, why do I want that? But I'm not giving it. So I'm learning to be more consistent. I've worked on it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, yeah, just, I feel like just work on you. Be the best version of yourself and you won't find as much flaws. And I, working, like I said, working on ourselves is always a big part of any relationship because once you become a unit with somebody, Mm -hmm. it's no longer just you or them. Right. Both of you. Right. So if you're, if one person's not pulling their weight, like the team doesn't do as well. I agree. So, I mean, that, that in itself, mm-hmm. like you said, is um, something to work on is to mm-hmm. be mindful not to regress um, into that inconsistent person that you were. Right. Because like I said, like attracts like. You gotta, you want to find somebody who matches you. Yep. You know? um, if you're out there, just know I'm here. All right. Listen, I'm going to have her Insta and uh, so you can go ahead hit her with that dim yet the direct message go ahead slide in there no i'm pretty sure my future husband is gonna be i tell people this all the time i'm gonna meet my future husband on aisle seven at giant eagle i feel like that's thing. and he knows what shiny will you go to because he saw the pin drops on your insta post that's right we know y'all be out here talking the pages on this List. Especially no, mine. No. <laughs> just saying. No, 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 no. no, I'm just playing. Um, okay, Kiki, yeah. uh, thank you for coming on today. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I, I got to learn something about you today yeah. because this is the first time we've ever talked about Yeah. Um, what did you learn? Uh, this is the first time we ever talked about your brother. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't know that about you. Oh, I'm glad I, also, I was able to yeah. speak about it. Yeah. I really don't speak about like my personal life much, mm-hmm. but... Um, I felt like I needed to. I feel like it needed to help somebody out there that's listening. I mean, I know there's people that have dealt with loss and don't know how to deal with it now. And that's fine. You don't need to know how to deal with it. But you just have to give yourself some time and just like 
reevaluate what's going on within your thought process and just try to keep moving forward and become the better version of yourself. Right. It's not gonna, it's easier said than done, right? Yes. So it's gonna take time. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take time. It's not gonna happen overnight, mm -hmm. but just be consistent about what you want to see the outcome of your life become. And you just keep working every day towards that. Well, like this one lets you do 20 minutes at a time. So like 20 minutes goes by really fast. <laughs> um, guys, okay. So guys, remember in 2021, reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce the criticism that you give yourself when you're grow when you're going through this. Okay? Reduce being stubborn and not asking for help. Reuse what you heard in today's episode and find any of the assisted tools that we leave you down in the descriptions or just the internet. It's a great friend um, to help you find resources to deal with your problems if you feel like you can't talk to anybody in your life. And hopefully that'll help you recycle. I don't have anything for recycle yet, but by the time I edit this, it'll sound perfect and <laughs> fluid. Like I said, I make myself sound like Y'all, we're going to be here that. until 10. Just saying. <laughs> no, no, um, but this is Josh. I will see all you single bachelors and bachelorettes yes. next Thursday. All right. Thanks, Keita, for coming on. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a comment or review. Those help us out so much. We read them all and they help us get new guests on the show all the time. Even though so far it's just been my friends, I'm telling you, we do have some good episodes coming up where we step outside of my friend group and we and we meet some new people. Down in the description, we're going to leave all our social media. So if you ever want to be on the show or you just have a question or you just want to tell me how trash I am, hit us up. I'll also leave Kita's uh, Insta in the show in case you are Mr. Right and you're trying to find her at Giant Eagle. This is Josh, and we'll see all you sexy singles next week.